0: And welcome back to a fresh episode of the Business Growth Show. Delighted to be joined by Megan Holsinger today. Megan is the Director of Customer Success over at JB Sales. She brings a mix of experience with experience in customer success teams and sales teams alike. She's been a revenue generating, quota carrying sales professional herself and now helps companies around the world learn how to do the best profession in the world, which is sales. Megan, a very warm welcome. How are you doing?
1: I am great. Thanks for having me.
0: No worries. So looking forward to this one. And um, this is a, a bit of a debate, not quite as much as sales versus marketing, but sales versus customer success, which yeah. is not not too far off, really. So this should be quite a quite an exciting show. There should be quite a good um, bit of back and forth, bit of banter in terms of what we want to chat through. But I'm not going to best about Megan. I'm going to put you straight away on the spot and ask you: sales versus customer success. Which is more important to a business?
1: I think having a sales minded CS team is the most important thing to business. I mean, you know, if you take a step back, obviously sales is what generates the customers, right? I mean, you can't, sure. you can't ignore that. That's sort of a a given. But um, I think what is so overlooked is the power that CS teams have to generate even more sales. Right. So, um, taking a look at your existing teams right now and really asking yourself the hard question of: Does my team generate revenue? Does do do we do something? Do we add to the overall bottom line? Essentially, right of a company. Um easy to say those things about sales, a little bit more difficult, a little bit more of an evolution, a little bit more of a transition when we talk about uh CS teams.
0: Got it. Okay. Interesting. I mean, I myself do a bit of both. So I'm um carrying a bit of a quota, bring in business and also managing clients and customer success. So it's a bit of a, a bit of a tricky one to balance at times. And sometimes it can be difficult to know um which to prioritize. So I know yourself, um, you've moved from sales, Megan, into customer success. Do you have a preference on which you prefer or do you think one's kind of you found one to be more useful and more important than the other?
1: Yeah, I I personally enjoy customer success, but only when it is sales focused. So I've been Mm. in a a bunch of different types of CS roles. So um, I've been in a role in CS where it is just very kind of reactive, it's it's account management, it's relationship yep. management, for sure. Um, and, you know, did I learn a lot? Absolutely. You know, I, I wouldn't, you know, take those experiences away. Um, but the roles that I like the most is when I when I have a, you know, a dedicated book of business, but I'm in charge of growing it, right? I'm in charge okay. of expanding it, I'm in charge of there's a number, right, that I want to get to um, from a growth perspective. And so for me, you know, it's the combination of the sales. It's the combination of having that quota, having that commission, but partnered with the relationship component that you get when you're in CS.
0: Interesting. So that brings us on to a straight point. I love that, and I love that we were talking about before we hit record, being proactive rather rather than reactive with your customers. And like you say. And um, so perhaps you could share some examples, because typically I know in my head, Megan, when I think of account manager, which is probably a negative way to look at it, I think of someone that perhaps takes orders, has a few customers, has a few great clients every every couple of weeks or every month. They give them a, a few orders. They know that's coming in. They know they're probably going to just about hit their target, whether you're a business owner, whether you're a sales professional, and you've got these good few customers and, you know, they'll keep you tricking along. And I just kind of—that's that's the image I, I have in my head. Be it bad, be it good, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what's the difference between that? We're just kind of reacting to the to the least the cells that are coming in, and then being proactive. What are some examples of of, of what you find effective, Megan?
1: Yeah, um, you know, and, and you're not wrong. That is that is the image um, a lot of times of CS folks, but it's changing and it's been mm. changing. Um, I would say really the shift has has taken place over the last. Uh, is one to two years, but really, even I, w- I would say post COVID, um, or post kind of the start of COVID, um, it's taken on an even stronger um kind of push. So, you know, an account manager is, is, is a great profession. And, and, you know, you, you do a lot of good in that profession, but it's the shift in mindset. And so the way that I way that I like to talk about it is, You know, everyone has sort of their own tolerance for risk, right? So what I mean by that is you you either get up in the morning and and so you look at risk and you think, you know what, that's exciting. I I like the concept of kind of not knowing maybe exactly how things are gonna play out, or I I like the idea of doing something a little bit different and trying something new. But there's also this a person that wakes up in the morning and looks at risks as as a way to kind of mitigate it, right? So their tolerance is not that high and and they prefer to have things kind of be steady and and stable and consistent and that's the difference between sort of a reactive versus a proactive cs person um you you need both i don't i don't want to say that having folks that are are there on the receiving end um of customer you know questions complaints whatever it is wins is not a, is not a good thing it is you got to have those folks there but what you want to also think about is the fact that there's so much opportunity within an existing client base to ask more questions. And that's where, you know, that curiosity factor comes in and where you can start being more proactive. So for one example is, you know, instead of just sort of waiting for your a customer to maybe email you, even if it's like a complaint or a question, or maybe it's a renewal or or something, there's some sort of a an event that's taking place and that's when you know that you're going uh, to be talking to them. Instead, how do you engage with them ahead of time? How do you provide value even when they don't even know that they need it? Right. And so what are ways that you can provide messaging? What are, what are ways that you can sort of tee up um, opportunities within an organization, ask for introductions to other parts of the organization, Um, All sorts of different ways that you can sort of creep in to a person's business, but you got to do it. You got to actually, you know, make the effort. It's not going to come to you, right? It doesn't fall on you magically one Monday morning
0: got it okay and that it it does remind me a little bit of discovery in in the sales process where you're asking these questions you're being curious you're trying to understand where the business at what their business goals are in terms of revenue in terms of what they where they see their self going in the next six 12 mm-hmm. 18 months and and all those kind of alignments and goals that what well, they want to get to with their with their sales with their marketing with their business so that that kind of sounds like there's a bit of synergy between those two so if someone's perhaps transitioning megan from a a sales-based role and let's let's say they're i don't know an sdr or perhaps they're only a new business um sales professional and they're looking to move or perhaps they've been directed by management to go into more of a customer success role are there any things that they should bear in mind or any um have you got any tips or recommendations for, for those kind of people
1: yeah, I'm, I, I think so. Typically what we see, or at least what I've seen in, in my past, when someone does make the switch from, you know, kind of sales to CS, um, the best ones are the ones that start out, you know, as an SDR, maybe move into an account exec role, but then realize what they like the most about sales is the relationships. A lot of AEs or, you know, account executives have to give up these relationships and, and toss them over the fence to CS. And, um there's a group of folks that really want to hang on to those relationships and those are the people that I tend to see you know make that transition um better, right because they they already have sort of the sales mind and now they're just sort of adding the relationship component to it. Um, I think it's you know cs does have depending on the business, depending on what it is that you do, there is a bit more um I don't want to say project management but there's a there's mm. a little bit more organization there's more there's more detail there's more um things that you have to kind of keep in place right it, again depending on kind of what you're doing onboarding right like there's a lot of things that CS can own um that can all of a sudden become something that is really uh kind of important to kind of keep track of the other thing too is time management so I mean, time I'm just going to
0: say that Yes. Was, that's a great point I was just thinking in my head because I mean here for example we're managing quite a lot of web-based yeah. projects digital marketing projects all gone at once and then also we've got to manage the new business so the the new inquiries that are coming in and get maintaining that balance so how do you find that keeping the balance Megan between obviously keeping on existing projects but then also in your cases you've got a, a quota to hit to make yeah. sure that you're also doing the activity that's gonna make things happen that's bringing gonna bring in the cash
1: yeah, you know, and I also would say just to add to that too, you know, given the fact that so many of us are working from home, um, it's, it's even that much more difficult to kind of chunk out your time because everything sort of melds together, right? So your home sure. does. for folks that have families, right? Like it all just becomes this sort of big day. <laughs> You do yep. over and over and over again. So um, for me, I am um, I'm, I'm a huge believer in blocking out time on my calendar. Um mm-hmm. if you were to look at my calendar, you'll see all sorts of different acronyms on there. Um I schedule, I allow clients to book time on my calendar. We use something called Calendly, or excuse me, we don't use Calendly, we used to use Calendly. We now use Chili Piper, um, which is great too. Both are awesome. Um, So Chili Piper allows me to um, kind of block my time so that uh, clients can book on my my calendar as they need to. And that's great. But I only allow them to book on certain days and I only allow them to book for certain periods of time. That helps me manage the days that I know I'm going to be dealing with, you know, maybe prospects in my sales hat or maybe I'm dealing with customers. Um, And then, for instance, two days a week I have blocked off just for training. So I deliver training for JV sales. I deliver a couple of different programs for them. Um, So I block my time off accordingly because I know I'm not going to be able to do all the other things on training days that I would be on other days. So blocking is important. Learning how to say no. Um, Mm. We as customer success professionals, even I would argue as sales professionals are so inclined to say yes because we want we want the deal we want it we want it to move forward right if we're on the csi we want to please um the customer um there's ways to do both you know you can still get the win but also put yourself in control of your own time of what you're doing and the value that you're providing right the road goes both ways in my opinion so um it, it's not the easiest thing. I, I wish there was a magic button that I could press that would just sort of make my day go by perfectly. Um, distraction is also really hard. Um, one of the things that I'm trying, and this is something that's new to me, but um, I, if you have an iPhone, um, you can put limits on the apps that you're using on your phone. Um, and part of my sort of New Year's resolution, even though I don't love that, but I, I did it, is I um, put limits on the number of apps that I can use on my phone. Um, It's a distraction to me sometimes. And uh, that's another way that I've been really productive in being able to focus on the stuff work-wise.
0: I think I definitely need that app for LinkedIn. I'm a bit of a scrollaholic.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I am too. And so I I literally put a a limit on it. So I am only allowed an hour and a half of social apps a day.
0: That's a good move. I like that move.
1: And that includes LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, anything. I'm only allowed an hour and a half. And that's it.
0: Got it. Some nice tips there. So, Megan, let's pretend we've perhaps brought on board a new customer. Or actually, this could be a second. We've brought on board a new customer. Do you have like a roadmap that you follow if a new client's just been on board? Say the sales team have brought them on um, and then they've passed them to yourselves to look after. Is there a strategy that you like to take on board um, as in how you introduce yourself, how you plan, how often you're going to communicate with them? Um, should we be communicating with our customers really, really regularly, like almost weekly or monthly? Is there, is there a strategy that we should be following so we're not following up too much, but we're staying top of mind and obviously getting the business while we can, but at the same time, keeping them ha- happy so we're going to yeah. retain their business?
1: Yeah, so the key there is, and I'll steal this from John Barrows himself. He he always says, "How do you, how do you, you know, stay in front of them without being annoying? How do I, how do I keep, you know, stay top of mind without being annoying?" Um, And that is always a tricky one. And I'll, I'll talk about that in a second. But, um, you know, everyone's going to have a little bit of a different onboarding process um, depending on what it is that you sell and and who you're selling to. My piece of advice, though, and this is something that I incorporated in. Um, two of the startups that I was at prior to uh, JB sales was um, getting CS involved actually pre-contract. So a lot of times what was happening and I was noticing this is that sales would sign the contract. And then, you know, there was some sort of process that happened where there was an introduction made to CS. I actually started experimenting with bringing CS into quote unquote, the sales process. Um, It made for a more seamless handoff. It introduced uh, CS earlier on in the process, which made it easier for CS to be able to work with the customer um, post-training, right? They already kind of knew what they were getting themselves into. Um, so that is one thing I strongly urge if you can. Um, you don't maybe do it on all of your clients, but if you can pick sort of maybe your bigger ones or you want to experiment on, you know, maybe a handful or, or maybe kind of get a relationship going between an AE and an SC to see if that works I would strongly mm-hmm. encourage um, bringing CS in for us now um, at JB sales it's it's a little bit of a different process so because we sell sales training um, a lot of the times um, I am as a CS person um, getting involved very early on pre-contract yep. talk about the type of training that we're doing um, but sometimes I am also happen to be the one delivering the training. Um, It depends on sort of what we're doing. I deliver our driving to close program and I deliver um, a a program called driving results for customer success. Um, So if the prospect is looking for CS training, um, I am almost always brought in early on uh, because I am talking about it. I am, I live it, I breathe it, I know it. Um, And then once we deliver the training, I am also in charge of, I wear many hats, but I am also (laughs) in charge of making sure um, that that training sticks from a reinforcement perspective. So that's really different for each each client. Uh, That might mean, uh, you know, review calls. That might mean getting on and and talking about specific metrics that they wanted to achieve, you know, prior to training and how are they hitting on those metrics post-training, right? So, Um, It looks a little bit different, but it it never ends. (laughs) Um, I'm, I'm talking to all sorts of different types of people all day long. And that's one of the best parts, I think, of being in CS is that you get that variety.
0: Yeah. And in terms of kind of an ongoing relationship, Megan. So let's say, for example, when we've just brought on board a new customer, we've perhaps... I guess sales, and and if you were involved as a customer success specialist, you've probably talked about where they want to go. In your case, offering training. So let's let's carry on with that. Say they they're doing training because they want to, I don't know, two x their sales targets for this year, for the next twelve months. So as we're as we're account as as we're account managing, as we're as the time's going by, um, like you said, you, we've got to check in with them, but we've got to not be annoying. We've got to, we've got to add that value, and we've got to be a useful resource that mm-hmm. can. Be someone they can trust that they can get in touch with and at the same time we want to be able to grow that account over time. So yeah, what are some ways that we can kind of check in to make sure that they actually are hitting getting to where they want to be, um mm-hmm. as in get in your case, getting closer to sales targets through the training you're providing. But um being useful still. So making sure we're still providing useful content to them or, or being a good resource.
1: Yeah. And that's that's a kind of a pet peeve of mine is that you know I I refuse to send an email to someone and say, you know, checking in, <laughs> hi, <laughs> you know, that's it. That it provides no value. I mean, other than the fact that I, I guess now the customer sees you as as potentially, you know, caring enough about them to email them. But I I would actually prefer to think about it a little bit differently. So when I. Follow up with a with a customer, I'm either doing one of two things. I either have a, a very specific question for them, hmm. um, meaning so there, there's something that I, I either need from them or that I want to check up on. So we'll use your example of, you know, we want to grow our sales, our inbound leads by 2x. I'm whatever that is, right? My question will always come back to that specific metric, and I'll use it again and again and again. And then I will provide an example of a component of our training that has um, that can be helpful almost as like a reminder to them uh, to to be able to do that. Otherwise, it's just sort of like, you know, it's nice. It's an email, but I don't I don't know a reason why I would really want to open that email up and respond to it unless that email had oh, wait, there's that metric that I care about. And oh, wait, yes, there's that piece of content that I need to be reinforcing, right? Like there's there's an attention grabber there. There's something that you want to make sure you're engaged with. Um, the other thing I do a lot of, so I'm a big fan of um, Owler. So Owler, if, if you're, for those of you that are listening, are not familiar with it, it's just a, a way you plug in company names that you want to follow. And it gives you a bunch of um, hits on any kind of news, you can actually kind of segment it out. Like, I don't want to hear about certain types of news with with clients. It's, it's really great. Um, every morning, my morning starts with me going through my hour feed. Um, and it helps me better understand kind of, our, is there anything that's happening in our client base right now that I should, in fact, you know, talk, email or call and talk about with them, because it could lead to either Um, a way to use our content better that they've already been through, right? Or maybe they've acquired a company and this would be a really good opportunity for me to ask for an introduction to their VP of enablement or VP of sales of that new company, right? I just actually won a customer that way about a month and a half ago um, by just asking for the introduction. Cool about it was great that you guys just acquired this. You guys did really well with this training. I'd love to make the introduction when you have a moment. Um, It's about asking for the business. And that is another way that you can kind of stay top of mind without necessarily being overly annoying.
0: Nice. I like it. So, yeah, just just recapping that. So we're talking about rather than just sending the generic follow up emails, actually using Apps for Aula. They're going to give you useful information about your existing customers, your existing Mm -hmm. clients, and then sending them useful pieces of content and reminding them about the goals, the metrics that you've been discussing from day one and saying, look, Remember, this is your, your main goal for the year. This, this piece of content, like this video or this blog, this article, this podcast, yep. I think would be really useful um, because some of our other clients have put that into action and it's really helped them do X, Y, Z. So yep. I, yeah, I really, really like that. Cool. Yep. Business Growth Show is sponsored by Vidyard. In today's digital world, getting the attention of key prospects can be a tricky task. Emails and phone calls are often ignored and meeting up in person is rarely an option. And that's exactly why tools like Vidyard have become so effective. Vidyard is a free app that makes it easy to record and send custom video messages that truly stand out and generate more responses. It's a great way to introduce yourself, to showcase your personality, and to create a more personal connection from your very first outreach. You can sign up for your own free account today at vidyard.com forward slash BGS to start sending your very own video messages. That's vidyard.com forward slash BGS. BGS. The show is also sponsored by Web Choice. Are you tired of hunting for clients? You could be missing out on regular inbound opportunities all because your website isn't on the first page of Google. Perhaps you're already spending money on marketing but your website is failing to convert your hard-earned visitors into a consistent flow of leads and sales. Want to learn more about Web Choice's unusual approach that brings idle clients straight to you? Book a free digital marketing assessment today at webchoiceuk.com that's webchoiceuk.com and moving forwards Megan is is there any strategies that you've used so say for example we've got a good client um, we've perhaps been working with them for a few months or a year they're going quite steady um, we're, we're making okay in terms we're doing okay in terms of revenue from them but we'd, we'd really love to grow that account um, are there any unusual approaches or any approaches that you found have been useful to to step up that up rather than just saying to to our clients, have you thought about doing this? Insert new product here. Um, <laughs> what have you found has worked quite effectively for you when it comes to growing your existing customers accounts?
1: Yeah, I mean, when you get into, you know, larger accounts um, where there's multiple different divisions, you know, multiple different groups, uh, regions, oftentimes will train you know, the EMEA group, um, but we know there's a North America group that we want to get into or vice versa, right? Like there's always sort of knowing that ahead of time that there's opportunity there. So one of the things that we do when we're working with prospects in the beginning stages is we actually ask a number of um, qualifying questions ourselves to the prospect that will help us get a better understanding of the opportunity that lies ahead. That way it's easier for me when I'm working with them post-contract, determine mm-hmm. um, where I want to spend my time. So I want to spend my time in places where I know there's opportunity, right? I don't want to keep going back to a client that I know we tapped out on them, right? I, they're, they're not, maybe they're not growing as much as we we need them to be. They're not hiring as much. I'd rather spend my time focusing on the the clients that I I know there's potential, Um I do a lot of work in LinkedIn Sales Navigator, so I will absolutely go in uh, and find um, names, titles, different folks that I might want to either connect with or that I may know from a, a previous um, uh, you know role or that has, has used, I'll look at their profile and, and see that they were at a previous client of ours, right? So any sort of connection that I can make to them um from a relevancy standpoint is really important. If I can't provide relevance to them, if I can't provide them with something that I know is going to be useful, I'm not going to connect with them, right? It's it's just it doesn't it doesn't help them, it doesn't really help me at the end of the day. It's just a connection. We all get so many connection requests on LinkedIn. Um I want to connect with people that I know that can provide value to me. So you know, there's not an easy way to sort of just wake up in the morning and say uh, you know, I'm going to I'm going to make all these connections and go get all these opportunities. It takes persistence. Um, it takes patience. Um, it takes sometimes a, a Zen like attitude <laughs> for, for you to have the, you know, to, to really get to it. But, um, you know, the persistence, I think, is key.
0: And in your experience, Megan, perhaps from a more simpler perspective, is is there ever a good time to ask existing customers to upgrade? So be it whether it's bumping up their package, if you're a software as a service company, whether it's upgrading their training, whether it's simply selling a new product. Is it just a case of we have to wait to deliver on what we said we were going to and then we just simply bring it up on a call or email Um, or is there a bit more to it?
1: Um, I think it's a little bit of both. That's a, that's a really good question. I've seen many CS people go too quickly. So we haven't even deployed, uh, you know, what was, what they originally bought and they're already asking for more. Um, It's about knowing your audience and knowing what you can ask and what you, you can't ask. That's not the easiest thing to get overnight. (laughs) You have to kind of learn from experience of, of when, you know, you, you should ask or you shouldn't ask. But um, I think, you know, if you're if you're deploying a like a, from a SaaS perspective, if if you're deploying a the piece of advice I would give to folks is um, making it known that the deployment of s- software is only the beginning and that there's opportunity for growth and that they could use this particular feature down the road. Mm. If you plant that concept I like with. That prospect or you plant that concept with like during maybe your kickoff call that you're having with with the client, if you're just planting that idea, that'll take you a long way because you're you're basically making the assumption at that point. You're saying, you know what, we can absolutely talk about that. One of the things that we'll want to touch base on in you know, six months from now um, is your ability to do X, Y, and Z. Um, we don't need to do that now, but we'll want to kind of cross that bridge. All you're doing is you're just setting them up. And you're saying, listen, we're going to have this conversation, um, whether you like it or not. So it's all about expectation setting, um, not being afraid to ask questions, um, even if it doesn't mean that you're going to ask for the opportunity right then and there, but just asking questions about their business, asking questions about how they make money, about their budgeting process, about their decision-making process, about their leadership team, go on and on and on and on. You can gain so much information um, about a company that will then set you up for success when you quote unquote, ask for the order later on.
0: So good. I love that planting the seed mm, option. Mm-hmm. So when, you, when you're when first bringing on board as a customer, you're saying like, well, providing we implement XYZ really well, and you'd probably be looking at feature A, feature B, feature C, because it's going to help you achieve this even better. And just putting that in the back of their mind, so when you bring it up a little bit later they're not shocked, they're not surprised because you've already had that upfront conversation and mm-hmm. that comes down to the questioning. And I exactly. think because you've got that experience, Megan, in sales, that's obviously really, really useful for yourself. Um, what do you think about customer service or customer success reps actually speaking to the sales team and maybe even talking to, to the to guys and girls that carry out discovery? Because a lot of these questions, in, in my opinion, it sounds like it, it could be really, really insightful if they're understanding these these key points in the motivators asking questions about budget, asking questions about goals and all those good, all that good stuff that's going to give you what you need to know to grow these accounts and mm-hmm. just asking sales team how they do it and then putting it into play when you're growing your own accounts.
1: Yeah. And that's exactly actually how I created the driving results for customer success program that we have. So um, it's centered around question asking. It's centered around all the same types of questions, traditional discovery qualification type questions um, mm. that sales professionals have been using. But putting them into a CS friendly uh, approach, um, and that is that is a huge component of it. I I think um, partnering sales and CF together um, is not only, you know, helps both sides out, because I, I do actually think it's really important for sales to see what CS has to go through <laughs> on yeah, a daily basis. Um, so, you know, it, it kind of goes both ways, but I'm all about kind of creating a single thread too. I think consistency is super important. Um, it's going to be helpful for the growth of a company. If you can align your sales and CS teams with the same types of discovery calls, um questions, you know, qualification questions, process. Um, you'll have more consistency, you'll have more predictability. It'll become that much more easier to manage your pipe, right? So um I think absolutely the more that you can get those two teams to kind of coordinate together, the best. That's not, I, I don't want to that sounds really easy when I say it like that. <laughs> it's not. I've been in the middle of trying to get these two teams to work together. It takes time. It takes effort. It takes a joint effort between sales and CS leadership for sure.
0: Yeah. I was going to say the amount of companies I've been at where the sales team, myself included in my younger days, just literally selling over the project, handing it to the customer success team or the account management team. They're running for the hills. I'm off to sell some more. See you later.
1: Yep. And and, you know, I had to work at a company. I was at a a running CS at a company once where I was realizing that my team was getting thrown just really bad deals. (laughs) Like it hmm. was our churn rate, was becoming just awful. Uh, And one of the things that I put in place was um, sales actually could not pass us off a deal unless there was like there, I think it was four things that had to be checked off, like our persona, like bunch of different stuff that we needed to make sure. And once we got that in place, it took about three months. We actually started noticing that the churn rate was, was getting way better because we are actually now getting clients that we're better prepared, that fit what we needed to do, and that we're not just being kind of sold, used, and dumped <laughs> onto, yeah. onto CS. So, um, I mean, we could, we could talk about that for days. That,
0: that could on. be endless. I mean, that's, that's interesting in itself, just because, yeah. like you say, churn rate is obviously crucial. Cause if you yeah. we all know that how how um more expensive it is to bring on board a new comp- customer compared to growing an existing client mm-hmm. so if you're bring on board deals new customers and then they're they're passing off after a month two months three months then you're you're chucking money down the drain literally mm-hmm. um so if like you said, if customer service can actually work with sales to set those metrics and set out what actually defines a great client, because you're dealing with them ongoing, they're not, they're passing them over unless they are account managers, customer success managers as well. Right. Um, yeah, that, that teamwork sounds really, really important. So just to wrap things up, Megan, we've talked a lot about things going well, but I'm sure you've had your fair share of, and so have I, of because not every project goes perfectly we know that for sure (laughs) otherwise it wouldn't be business um so how how do you how do you get over sticky situations so let's say uh you're a few months into a project you you were meant to hit metric x or target x it's not quite been hit um what are your ways of dealing with those kind of issues with customers
1: Yeah, that's actually good old fashioned objection handling. It doesn't, it's, it doesn't fit the term objection handling, as you might see it in sales, but it translates relatively easily into the CS side. So um, I have coached and managed um, many, many people who do not, you know, they get a customer complaint, and they see it um, as conflict or they see it as, um, you know, something's gone wrong, whether it's been on the client side or whether it's been on your side, and their strategy is to run for the hills. And (laughs) that is, you know, while that may be tempting, (laughs) um, Lord knows I've wanted to run for the hills many, many times before. Um, You have to to be able to address it head on. And the way that you can do that is to be confident in how uh, you approach these, you know, these objections. So when I say objections, I mean, um, it could be, you know, a, a customer coming back and saying, hey, you know, we thought this was going to happen and this actually happened. Or, hey, like we this is way too much money for us to be spending on an annualized basis. How do we you know, reduce cost? Right. Those are all fit into the objection category. Um, And the way that you can get better at that and be more confident about how you approach that is by asking more questions. And I know that sounds a little bit um, counterintuitive, but if you're asking a question back instead of feeling like you have to answer it right away, you're gaining more understanding and kind of where they're coming from, where their thought process is. So I love phrases like, you know, heard that budgets a lot right now. So can you help me understand a little bit more about where you are spending budget? Can you help me better understand, you know, where, like who's involved in the budget budget process? Or, um, you know, in terms of rollout of our existing product, can you help me understand, you know, who's really benefited from it? I'd like to focus on that. And then then we can set, sort of segment out the folks that need a little bit more help. I'm I'm making this all up, but that's the kind of stuff that you want to push further in. Um, It'll help you when you're having these kind of tough, difficult conversations. Um, Also, never be afraid to ask for help. Um, So Mm. if you are if you are a CS person out there new to the role or or whatever and and something goes wrong, um, go to your manager. Um, Don't be afraid to go to your manager. Your manager's there to help you. A good manager will will partner with you. Um, they might ask you some questions, so definitely have your your story in order, right? Know know the facts, but they are there to help you. They might have a different view. Um, they can they can step in when need be. A lot I see a lot of um, professionals kind of avoid their manager because they think they're going to get in trouble or they don't want to be forthcoming. Um, there's nothing worse to a manager than being caught off guard and being presented with. Uh, a, you know a catastrophic situation with a client when it's too late
0: brilliant brilliant um really love that that questioning beforehand so i mean it's it's almost everyone's worst nightmare when a customer comes to you and they, they want to end the contract mm-hmm. unless they're a terrible client and they're really really hard work throughout then that might might be a dream come true um, mm-hmm. but- <laughs> um but yeah let's say they were a decent client and yeah they come to you they want to lower spend or they want to cut the contract so like you said asking questions so good so really working in can you help me understand what's happened or can you help me, un- help me understand if yeah. what we discussed in our initial call is still the priority bringing what, up what they discussed
1: yep like what's happened what's shifted kind of walk me through this It it gets you a lot of information as opposed to just sort of saying Oh, no, they want to cancel. And you know, at the end of the day, maybe you do lose them. And and you know what? That's okay. But what you did to go through the process is you're better for it um, than not.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like you said, like you say, Meg, at least you fully understood where they're at, why they've made the decision. Or if you can get that intel, it might even help you guide them, whether it is lowering their spend or whether it is suggesting them to another product or giving them professional guidance based on their full situation. Exactly. even if it means referring them to another partner at least they trust you and they might come back in the future right
1: right exactly and you've done yourself a favor because you've actually developed your business acumen a little bit you've actually increased your confidence a little bit um that is a huge thing if you're learning about a situation or how a customer does something you can use that example again and again and again with different customers maybe you tweak it a little bit maybe it's a little bit different but you build up a repository of events That you can then sort of reference throughout your career. That is a a huge win when it comes to breaking up with a client or, you know, being told no or being rejected. Those are such growth, growth oriented steps in a person's career that shouldn't be missed.
0: Megan, this has been brilliant, really, really useful episode for anyone, any business owners or anyone looking to grow or make better use of their, their customer and client accounts. Really appreciate you coming on. And with that, please do tell us more about how everyone can learn from you, how they can connect with you and the best way to get in touch.
1: Absolutely. So um, first and foremost, you can find me on LinkedIn at Megan Holsinger. Um, so look me up there. I'm posting stuff. Um, I'm more so sales and CS focused. Um, I would also strongly encourage you to follow JB Sales Training on LinkedIn and then also um, JB Sales Training on Instagram. So, we put out a ton of great content through Instagram. Um, definitely look uh, on there if you're a big Instagram user, although I've now limited my social media. <laughs>
0: before. Yeah, before good we'll, on you.
1: we'll see how long that lasts, but we're going to try it for now. Um, but definitely uh, look us up there. Connect with me um, on LinkedIn if you have questions about CS. Um, I'm usually really good about getting back to people and being super upfront and honest if I think I can help them. Um, And if I can't, then trying to find another resource.
0: Awesome. Megan, thanks once again for coming on. Really appreciate it.
1: You are so welcome.
0: Cheers. And if you enjoyed the show, be sure to hit subscribe wherever the heck you get your podcast from. We interview business leaders each and every week to provide actionable tips across marketing, across sales, all to help you grow your business. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll catch you on the next episode.